Hello and welcome. Are you ready to consume? My name is Dylan, aka Queen. Uh, across all socials, I am Kana Queen. That's K-A-N-E-K-W-E-E-N. Two E's for Twitch and YouTube, three E's for Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Founder of Entertainment and passionate consumer of entertainment media. Consume Culture is a podcast about shifting the way we consume enter- entertainment media for the better. It's not cancel culture, it's consume culture. Uh, today we have, once again, a returning cast member, Matthew Ramsden. Welcome. I like the idea of a cast member. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I wasn't really planning on saying that, but I kind of like it. I, I kind of like that. I, yeah, it's almost like, an, like a house of Gaga kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yes, the house of Queen. Oh, we love it. Um, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm stealing Disney's brand, <laughs> calling all my employees they, the cast members. They have enough brand to go around. <laughs> True. They can share um, that. So, today we are consuming The Last of Us Part Two. Oh my God! When I tell you, I have wanted to talk about this for so long in depth, not only with you, but just like in general. Right. Right. I. I, I think I even mentioned it last episode. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think we got it. I think it was like touched upon. Yeah. Like, oh, that's going to be a whole thing. Yeah. But, yes. Yeah. And, and it today, is. here it is. But first, uh, let us tell you what we've been consuming lately. So, Matt, what have you been consuming as of late? So, the most recent thing I consumed was I um, safely and social distancingly went to a movie. Oh, uh, like like the theater. And it was kind of weird to be back. Um, I have to say Showcase Cinemas is doing a fantastic job. We're not sponsored by them, uh, but feel free to throw some of that sweet, sweet cinema money our way. Um, But uh, so Showcase Cinemas is doing a fantastic job of social distancing, of making sure everyone is being safe and everyone is enjoying in uh, an activity that is kind of slowly coming back. Um, I sat with friends, but we were, each had a seat between us. Um, yeah, so we were all very, we were practicing safety. Uh, and I went to go see uh, Tenet. Oh and... my God. Say no more. I can't wait <laughs> to see that freaking movie. Yeah. Like, I love, I love, love, love Christopher Nolan films. Mm. Um, I love the Battenson. Uh, mm. And yeah, I, I I can't wait to see that. Please, no spoilers. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. No, I I. So here's the thing. Okay. I don't think I can spoil it. Oh. Like, it's not a very like spoilery movie in that way. Mm-hmm. Um. But I mean, just the spectacle of it. The oh. like just sheer. How dare you? Yeah. of it like yeah. kind of thing um and this this was a thing I, I i i noticed when i watched a lot of christopher nolan's movies he he's like he has these plot points or these like kind of plot ideas and he writes the script as such yeah so like the prestige the movie opens with, like michael Caine talking about like the pledge to turn the prestige and the script is written like that right um they're they're Tenet has a similar thing to it, that's all I'll say. Okay. But 
overall, I mean, it's it's an achievement of editing. Like the person who had to edit that thing, like you can do whatever you want forever. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. I yeah. I mean, I personally have not felt comfortable because of the era of COVID going really mm. anywhere. Mm. Um, and so I really don't. Even like my groceries and stuff, I get delivered. So right, right. Yeah, I haven't felt comfortable doing any of that. Um, but it makes me sad because the movies. You know, if you know me, you know the movies are like my favorite. Yes, be and at all times ever. <laughs> Right, and that, and that was the thing. So, like, my, you know, the the people who said they wanted to go are like, okay, are we, you know, are we okay with this? Are we doing this? And, like, all right, what are we, what are we doing to, you know, kind of do our part in a way? So we had, you know, the hand sanitizer. We had the, you know, masks and distancing and all of that. We were very, very conscious of what we were doing and what we were trying to do. Totally. Um, just to kind of get, you know, out a little bit um i know i'm you know i'm still kind of wrestling with certain things like oh do i go out to restaurants do i go out to that and like i still every time i'm like mm, this still feels weird but yeah. yeah uh hopefully we will get back to the new normal sooner rather than later hopefully. whatever after the, whatever after this looks like hopefully but in the meantime um what have you been I, consuming yeah <laughs> yes, yes. i um as I spend my days very much indoors, uh, I've been doing a lot of Twitch. And today on my Twitch channel, we started a brand new game that actually just came out yesterday. Um, the beta was kind of open for a while, but officially came out yesterday. It is called Spellbreak. And Not where I thought you were going with this. Huh. What did you think? I, was th- gonna say? I thought you were going to say Avengers. Oh, you know what? That actually came out today, and I have not picked that up, and I'm very excited to pick that up, but it's going to have to wait because it's a whole issue that I have that I have so many things in my backlog as it is. Um, Yeah. There's no reason I should have added Spellbreak to this (laughs) list. But it was there. But it was there, and it's free to play. Right. Um, And so Spellbreak is like if you took Fortnite and legend of zelda breath of the wild and it had this beautiful battle royale baby oh it's so fun like i started it last night because i was like i don't know if i want to play this on stream i'll just see how it is Mm. and i um i played like three rounds and i was like oh oh i am in it to win (laughs) This this is great so yeah i played it on stream today but um yeah it's like it's battle royale so you start out on a map, you jump into a map together, just like Fortnite. And I don't know the max people. I think since it just came out that the, you know, lobbies are pretty small, but um, typically it's like anywhere from like 30 to 40 people on a map. And then, uh, so instead of like guns and collecting weapons and stuff, you Hmm. have magic and these like magic gauntlets. Okay. So, you start out with whatever gauntlet you choose. You can choose like wind, fire, um, ice, uh, toxic, stone, um, and each of them have different abilities. And then when you get into the map, you collect all these items that are like uh, 
collect this room so that you can become invisible or collect this room so okay. you can fly. Um, it is so fun. <laughs> a fun take on like the Battle Royale because I feel like there's really nothing similar to it because there's absolutely no guns whatsoever. Mm. In a Battle Royale, you'd kind of accept there to be some sort of gun type thing and there's not and it's it's really fun it's really pretty it's like it's like legend of zelda ish graphics um okay yeah i very 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 much enjoy it oh i love it yeah it's and so it's spellbreak spellbreak yes it's okay. um, it is cross platform and i think it's for i think it's for like everything like ps4 computer xbox um, uh, i think it's on the switch uh but yeah it's it's cross-platform so you can play with whoever the heck you want that that, that is a good and a bad thing because i've seen pc players i'm not afraid of a lot of things but pc players i may or may not have disabled cross-play so that i don't come across computer players <laughs> out of just sheer fear fear i've I've seen what they i've i've seen what they can do i mean i think in general games with a keyboard you know people are somehow insanely good at it i don't understand it because i never grew up playing games on a keyboard except for like roller coaster tycoon right not never like shooter games or like anything involving like a, a modicum of skill correct it was always like sims yes uh Roller Coaster Tycoon. I remember I had a like Survivor computer game mm. that was like you need to play the game of Survivor and you need to survive, and it was good <laughs> from my memory of it. I love that description. I, have like, I, I mean, I was played Survivor, and what you did was you survived, and period. Yeah, you, I mean, you did the show. <laughs> oh you like did the yeah no it's literally like 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 survivor brand survivor the video game oh wow i did not know they had a video game that's cool they had a really bad video game where the heck is the real world video game <laughs> <laughs> where's the bad girl throw, club video game yeah i want to throw mattresses over a balcony <laughs> and like <laughs> knock back in the club and have to like stumble my way back to the house and that's the mini game. That's like a little like, quick, like a quick time game. Yes. Okay. So, um, so we're doing this. Talk about uh, stumbling. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stumble our way through trauma. Yeah. <laughs> the Last of Us Part Two. Quite, quite literally what I was going to say. Um, but yeah, today's main topic is The Last of Us Part Two. And, uh, I would like to start with what we thought the game was going to be before we played it. And it's interesting to me because, you know, I, I do a lot of like post game watching videos and analysis and whatnot. Mm-hmm. If I, if I really, really, really love the game, I don't do that for just anything. And I did that for this. And um, one of the, analysis that that I saw was saying you really can't talk about The Last of Us 2 without knowing or at least referencing uh, the first game, The Last of Us. Mm. And um, after playing the first game, 
you know when it came out and i and i played it and uh i was surprised at how good it was because you know obviously it was a new ip no one you know no one had played anything like it before um and i i I really enjoyed it i thought the story was pretty groundbreaking and it was one of those moments of like wow video games are really headed in a direction where they're going to tell as just as gripping if not more gripping stories than what we see in movie um but that was kind of it for me it wasn't like oh my gosh i love these characters and i care about this story so much and like you know i'm head over heels for the lore and whatever right Um, it was cool that it was set in boston but that's really the only like connection that i had to it um and for some reason right before the last of us part two came out i just had this like gut instinct feeling of like oh this is it like yeah this this is this is going to be a moment uh (laughs) and i didn't know why i felt that it's not like i had this crazy connection to the first game but i felt it and um i'm curious to see kind of what you what you were thinking going into it right so i i remember playing the first game and absolutely loving it and just having a connection to it uh just just the the story the execution of it the grounded nature of it um there was a a a book i read in high school called the road that is also very similar to it i know they uh neil Druckmann, the director said he brought a lot of inspiration from that to the last of us uh essentially i didn't know that i i also read the road and yeah so apparently he he uh, he brought a lot of that from to last of us which you can kind of see yeah, uh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a little more hopeful, uh, I would say. The Last of Us, believe it or not, is a little more hopeful than The Road. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I remember playing it and just absolutely loving it. And I remember them talking about it and them divulging kind of what they could. And um, them saying, well, this is get, if The Last of Us Part 1 is about love, Part 2 is about hate. And that intrigued me so much because I'm like, all right, well, I mean, so we're going in a, in a I guess, a darker direction mm. with part two. And, you know, we'll see what happens. And I had no idea what the plot was going to be because they revealed, you know, nothing when uh, all the kind of the, the quote unquote leaks happened. I didn't seek them out. I didn't want to. I'm like, no, no, no. People worked hard on this. Believe it or not. Like, I want to honor their work and I'm going to do it fresh. I also did not see any of the leaks and I'm so, so, so glad that I did not. We're going to get into that a little bit. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm really glad I didn't, especially because, you know, after all of my, all of my post game research and watching um, interviews with Neil Druckmann and uh, the rest of the cast, one of their biggest Uh, not regrets, but the thing that kind of disappointed them the most about everything surrounding the game was, was what was leaked. Um, And they, they describe how, how devastated they were that, that one, something was leaked and that two, that that was leaked. Right. And we'll get into that later, but um, yeah, I, 
I did not. I did not pay attention to the leaks. Thank God. Mm. But yeah, I mean, going into it, I was just okay. We're we're in a different place, and I did not expect it to be in such close conversation with the first one. Totally. Yeah, I. I remember the first thing that really struck me and made me like want to care about the game was um, at E3 one year. I don't remember which E3 it was, but they um, they had this whole separate tent for a PlayStation that they like built for The Last of Us, and they would like had all these string lights and made it made it look like a very um, uh, authentic kind of hoedown, throwdown type type environment <laughs> right, um, right right um but the event was them showing the the party scene where you see um ellie and dina kind of interact for the first time and have their first kiss in front of everybody mm. um we didn't get the full extent of like what that scene was and what it meant to kind of all the characters involved um but I thought, because that scene that they like show them kissing and then it goes into um, like a gameplay example of Ellie going through like a grocery store, um, you know, attacking all these people and you don't know why. And then it goes back to them kissing. And I thought, I thought up until I pressed start on my controller the first time I started playing the game that it was going to be a revenge story about Dina's death. Yes, same. I thought, oh, Ellie finally found love. Ellie came to terms with her sexuality and, you know, found someone close to her. And, you know, they passed away and now she has to get revenge. That that was what I thought. I thought it was a sequel in that way that Joel and Ellie were going to team up again to, you know, take down the people who took down Dina. Right. And, and, uh, <laughs> and before going forward, I just want to say, if you don't want the last of us part two spoiled for you, please do not keep listening because we are going to dive deep into pretty much the rest of the game. Um, so this is kind of your warning. If you don't want spoilers, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of different spoilers. Um, but um yeah, yeah so uh Dina does not die. Yeah. <laughs> um no spoiler. Dina yeah. doesn't Dina yeah. makes it for a good long uh Yeah, she makes it. She, she makes the whole game, which was yeah. again the antithesis of what I <laughs> what we expected. In in, fa- in fact, <laughs> the someone else rather important dies rather so. um brutally. So we're gonna we're gonna start from the beginning. We're gonna go as fast as we can and just truck through uh, what we as can. Much as, yeah, right. So yeah, as much as we can get to. Um, so we start with Joel telling Tommy about how he had to save Ellie, which is a really nice way of saying he had to slaughter. <laughs> A lot of people, people and also risk the entire world to save Ellie. Right. Which he doesn't totally like uh, 
disclose to Tommy. You're right. He kind of like, I get the feeling he kind of dusts over it. Right, because Tommy's like, like she... well, what did you do? And she's, he's like, I saved her. And then, it, and then it immediately jump cuts to a to a shot on the floor of this whole hallway <laughs> of people dead. Right, and like, yeah, that's a really light way of putting it. Of saying you systematically took out an entire militia. Right, right. So, uh, and and goes back to what you were saying about you never expected it to be so so close to home and so close so intertwined with the first game because right. you now if you go back and play the first game now it's a whole nother experience because what you're doing as the player physically in your hands causes the last of us part two right which i think which... is part of the reason why people feel such an emotional you know pull one way or another because it's it's more than just watching a movie and and letting it happen it's like you yourself performed the catalyst for what the second game is right and it it's i think for a lot of people that is i don't want to say an uncomfortable feeling but it's also very it goes against what a lot of games do a lot of games like no your actions are your actions and they are self-contained and whatever this is fun we're having fun here um versus this which is said no your actions in this life have ripples and have effects totally and what they're going to do is they are going to really cause some unforeseen things to happen so with the choice that you make at the end of last of us part one uh with the decision to rescue ellie and shoot everyone and also lie to ellie and lie to ellie what joel has set up for himself a his death kind of inadvertently and b he has set up this uh, intense amount of trauma for Ellie. Totally. By by saving her. Totally. And I th- I think did you I'm curious to uh hear what you thought of the ending of the first game because I you know it it kind of harks back to it in the beginning of part 2 um showing the scenes of them like you know walking to St. Mary's Hospital and um him saving Ellie and then them having the conversation and and Tommy even asks like you know did did she believe you like did she actually think yeah. what you're saying was real because you know I I think the subtext there was like I don't know if I would believe you and I and I think in my opinion I think Ellie whether she knew or not she didn't want to she, I think she was way mm-hmm. too young to understand the like weight of that yeah i mean i think i think the ending of the last of us is so challenging our notion of what again a kind of a groundbreaking thing of what a video game can do it's going to really push the limits of what this medium is is in storytelling um we're not going to give you a nice you know, closed up ending or, you know, some finality. We're going to leave this really ambiguous and we're going to leave you with a lot of very complicated feelings. 
because life is complicated. Yeah. And, and that's what we're, we're doing. Yeah. If you could describe uh, the part, uh, the last of us part two in a couple words, it would be, this is going to make you feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> right. For and like also, 20 this hours. Gonna you, this is going to make you really question um, ethically and morally your standpoints on, you know, things that aren't, aren't comfy to talk about. Uh, and so with that being said, uh, fast forward to uh, Jesse comes down and tells uh, Ellie and Dina that Joel and Tommy never returned from their post. Um, you know, and Ellie is like, I, they wouldn't do that. Uh, they would have told somebody or whatever. Um, and come to find out on Tommy and Joel's post, which basically, if you don't know, means they were going out to hunt infected. You know, this this whole community kind of takes turns going out to hunt infected so that, you know, um, not too many are able to get toward their, like, site uh, to keep their people safe. Um, and on their post, they run into Abby, which is actually um, a scene that you play as Abby. Um, and Abby immediately I mean you can you, this is what one of the many things that amazes me about this game is you can see it in Abby's face without her saying a word that she knows exactly who this is that she's shook that she has no idea how to handle this situation mm-hmm. the the motion capture and the realism of the acting in this game is absolutely it's, it's phenomenal Absolutely. I mean, the voice acting, the motion capture, everything is just, every little detail is shown so clearly and so decisively. Like, there's nothing just thrown in there. Right. Um, Yeah, so with Abby meeting Joel and Tommy on patrol, Abby's been kind of overrun with infected and Tommy and Joel team up with her to kind of get it, get it, get them out of the situation. And they're going, Oh, well, where can we go? And Abby suggests, Oh, my friends will go back to the, you know, the ski lodge. Cause Oh, that could work. And they fight their way. Immediately. I was like, Oh no, 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 no. This is bad. This. Yeah. And so I'm going to try and get to a couple of, a couple of uh, hot points in the game where people, you know, kind of feel polarized one way or another yeah. on, um, on the decision-making of, you know, the writers and what happened and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one thing that I've heard a lot of discussion about is why would Joel ever accept this as something safe for him to do? Uh, he would never just, you know, find a stranger and, and, be fine with like going along with them into their you know friend's safe house and from what i've heard from the writers and from you know other perspectives and my own perspective Mm -hmm. i think he realizes that when it's too late i think okay i think he has lived in this like comfortable space uh in his community and hasn't really 
in danger, hasn't really encountered a lot of danger up to this point. Um, and he slips and he's human and, he, you know, maybe one of Joel's biggest characteristics is that he is stubborn and that he is really uh, stuck in his ways and doesn't trust anybody. But what if he slips up? What does that look mm-hmm. like? You know? Right. That's interesting. See, what I was thinking was that when I saw the scene, I thought he would, I thought he was going with it because there's no other option. This is what we, this well, is what that, we have to do. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I think it's, if you're, if you're ever in kind of a, a state like that and just height, your journal is going, you, you know, your thoughts are going a mile a minute, just, well, what do we have to do? What do we have to do? What's the next step? The minute someone says something like that, you're like, okay, like you don't have time to go over every single possibility that could happen. Right. And I think as the player, there's the dramatic irony of you kind of putting the pieces together that like, you know, cause in the beginning you see that Abby and Owen find their site and they're talking about a him. They don't say Joel, but they're ta- they're talking about hunting him. They're talking about Joel. Yeah. And, and you put the pieces together that they're talking about Joel. And so you watching it, of course you're like, why would he do that? Like, that's so stupid, but right. you, you, you have information that the characters don't. And so the characters are not going to behave the way you want them to, because they don't have your information, which is what makes that scene so painful. Yes. And, and, and like I said, the motion capture itself of like, she doesn't have to say a thing. You can see it on her face that she's mm. shook because she has spent the last four years waiting for this moment and it just fell into her lap so i know it's kind of a i don't want to say it's a joke about the last of us but abby's arms um being like ridiculously jacked and her being ridiculously jacked yeah um someone pointed out to me because oh yeah i mean she's held you know she's strong and someone goes no 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 no. she's been training Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I was the one who pointed this out to you. Right, I was like, like, like what? It's like, yeah. no, she has, she has been like training. She has been doing like deadlifts with a picture of Joel with like his eyes x out. Oh yeah, in front of her, like ready to go, like yeah, a, like, like a bull. I mean, the, I mean, when we see that flashback of Abby before any of this started, mm. she, you know, has a very um, She's a, a very small, a small build, but right. you you don't go from that to looking like a linebacker. Actual literal tank, Abby. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Without some serious reasoning. And right. And that's why she she spent her her whole She's life training. Training. So, so let's let's dive into this scene. So uh, go back. They go back and, and and basically they're ambushed. Uh, Joel walks in and finally says his name because they ask him who he is and he says Joel and everyone goes silent. And, and Russell's a little bit stands up. And he's like, you sound like you've heard of me or something. And Abby says, because we have and takes out a <laughs> shotgun and shoots his knee off, basically. And God. even it's like, I, at that point, saw it coming that it was an ambush, 
what I didn't see coming was that this was like, this was Joel's death scene. Yes. And that this, it was going to be brutal, violent, unromantic, at no, no hero's death set up for him. Um, and, and and here's here's the uh, the controversy around this scene is that obviously you know people love and adore the first game and when you have a character that is so well renowned and loved um, that is taken out from under you and not just not just killed I mean. Like she, she takes a golf in. club to his face. Like that's, which also yeah. tells the player this is not just she kills him. This is like there's something more to this because you don't just you don't you don't put your shotgun away to replace it with a golf club just because mm. you want to kill somebody. That and she tourniquets his leg. Right, so that he has quite right, so he, a way of getting out of this situation period right and she, you know i think she even looks at him and says i've like waited i've you know to do this for a long time something to that effect and just starts going and it's it's extremely painful to see uh and then we're able to switch back to ellie and as she's looking for Joel and she hears him uh, kind of crying and, you know, screaming as he's being hit because uh, she's found the, uh, the ski lodge and starts to kind of go down the stairs and she busts in and sees him there. And he's that, just a that, bloody mess. That shot of her going down the stairs of like, when you turn, when you turn around and you start going down the stairs into that door that stuck out to me so much and i i don't know why but i know that the game developers know why because we go back to that exact shot at, at pretty much the end of the game you're uh, right right but it was like it like hearing him screaming and running down the stairs and you you the player having to run down the stairs it felt like descending into hell like what what was mm. ellie, what was ellie's hell um and again you know the controversy about the scene is that you know they took joel away uh joel's not that weak he he would have found a way out or how could you kill the main character of the series um you know all these different points about people being pissed about that scene and it's it's not to say you can't be mad about that scene because of course you can. If someone you care about has that happened to them, of course you're going to hate it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think even when I was watching uh, an interview of, uh, I'm forgetting uh, the actress's name who plays Ellie, but her and uh, uh, Ashley Johnson, Ashley Johnson. Thank you. Yeah. Ashley Johnson and Troy Breaker talking about, um, filming that scene they both were like that was our least favorite day on set like they hated it it was awful and of course it was because it's hard and it's difficult and these are really serious actors who take their job really seriously and really go there right. um, and 
but but my thing is this was going to happen anyway whether it was abby or anyone else that joel had ever wronged in his lifetime and we know for a fact from even the first game that joel stepped on a lot of toes Mm. and he had this coming and i think joel even himself realized you know as it was happening he knew this was going to be how he goes and I, th- I think i think it also uh raises the point of just because you like a character does not mean that they are a good person yes and i think that the rest of the game talks about that because if you look at every single person in the game even even my favorite character of the game which is lev which we will get to Mm. um, even Lev, every single person has done some really messed up things that in in outside of outside of a beloved video game anyone in the right mind would deem as not a good person Yes, and I, and I think that's one of the main kind of, that's the main thesis or one of the main thesis of the game is that these characters are, are human and they're very complicated and they've done good and bad. They do not have, there, there is no wholly good person. There is no wholly bad person. There's just who you are at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and like you were saying, these characters including you know characters that you know we love and who we kind of want to care so deeply about lev uh i mean for me i absolutely would kill for dina um i love that character so much and i understand that i'm she has done some dark stuff really i mean Um, all of them really dark stuff and I think that, and I think that's part of it is you're you can't love the idea of someone you have to love the person. So like with Joel, you can love the idea of him being this kind of father figure to Ellie, and that he's you know strong, and that he's you know kind of does what needs to be done. But you also need to acknowledge the fact that he slaughtered a lot of innocent people. And not only that, but but that he is. I wouldn't say he's like super old, but he is older and he is also human. And, you know, I think, especially in like fictional universes, I think in general, we, none of us want our favorite characters, you know, to die, obviously, but, but eventually, you know, whether it's shown or not, that's going to happen to all of your favorite characters, you know, Mm unless there's some, you know, like subsect of immortality, but uh, right. we're talking uh, about The Last of Us Part Two, which is the most mortal. Grounded, <laughs> grounded, grounded, grounded. Grounded game. Speaking of grounded, I, um, I uh, on stream recently, I attempted a <laughs> grounded permadeath run. Oh no. Game. And if you don't know, whoever's listening, um, 
there's all sorts of different difficulties in the game. Grounded is the highest difficulty where basically they strip you of a lot of different abilities um, so that it's a lot harder. And they also make the resources in the game almost slim to none um, so that you can't really collect anything. So you have to like really, really, really take your time and be scarce with resources as if it were real life. Um, and then permadeath is something they added recently where there's three different options but of course the one that i went with was the most difficult uh so basically you can choose once you die in the game you can choose for it to uh restart at the front of the chapter that you were playing restart at the front of the acts that you were playing so act one or act two or restart from the beginning of the game and of course i did the beginning of the game <laughs> Which is just insane. Oh. Insane. I mean, you, it's to the point where, like, if you wanted to play the entire game with permadeath mode on, you would have to sit there and play through the whole game and not leave because you can't manually save it. If. Oh, you can't manually save? Nope. I didn't know you could. Oh God! No, nope, you can't manually oh, save it. Oh no! If you exit the application, if you, um, if if it, if your system turns off, if anything like that, if it if it goes offline, like you're dead. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought you could save. No, nope, you can't save at all. And I mean, not even in like the other two modes, you can't save. It's like you are you're gonna That's be twisted or you're not. <laughs> That's twisted. Well, so in my run <laughs> guess how long I made it? Uh day one. I made it an hour into the game. <laughs> including cutscenes. <laughs> like, mind you, it was because I pressed the wrong button. But so but you know that's that's telling of the mode itself is like in real life we're not here button oh well you only get dead you only get one chance what one of my what of my i i i know i knew about permadeath and i knew about like grounded and all that i didn't know you couldn't save i thought you could save but i knew about permadeath um and there is a video that is, I want, I want this play at my wedding, um, which is at the guy in the synagogue and you don't have to like swing across. Yeah. He hits the wrong button and drops oh. and, uh, and dies. Oh no. And he just like, you just, you just scream like, and, like <laughs> and like throws and just gets out of his chair and like runs away. And just like, that is the most heartbreaking. Cause I mean, if you like, if you died at a place that like you're expected to die, like if you died fighting the Rat King, yeah, that's to be expected. Sure. But like if you died in that, that's just like, oh, like no. Yeah, it's yeah. I'll, I love well, I love the additions that they've added to the game because they've they've given you a reason to go back, um, mm. especially in a story game where it's it's virtually the same thing, just just varying difficulties. Um, right. And I the only game I've ever gone back and played through all the way through from beginning to end is a couple of installments in the Kingdom Hearts series. 
but that's because they are my absolute favorite of all time. Um, the Last of Us Part Two is is the only other game I've gone back and said I need to replay this like immediately. I think it was like right mm-hmm. after I finished the game, maybe a day or two. New later. game like New Game Plus, we're doing it. Yeah, New Game Plus. It started all over again. Um, but going back to Joel's death scene. Yes. So, uh, so Abby kills him with a golf club in front of Ellie. Um, and then Dina and Jesse basically save her um, from where they were and take her back. And, and then you see um, the moment that struck me because watching watching his death scene, I don't know what your experience was. I'd love to hear, but uh, mm-hmm. for me, I his death scene didn't make me cry. It made me feel an anger that I hadn't felt <laughs> in a very long time. <laughs> like yeah, it, it was like yeah. it was like I couldn't cry because I was so mad, and that's why like when people talk about being mad about that scene, like, of course, of course, because I felt it too. But I don't think, I don't think that you can really have a final comment and stance on that scene if you don't know the full context of the rest of the game. Mm. Um, and to that point, um, like we were talking about earlier, we were, we were both glad that we didn't see the leaks because Guess what? The leaks were that scene and that scene alone. No context, no before or after story. It was simply that scene. Joel dies. That guy's it. And and uh, now all you know is Joel is killed in cold blood, and Ellie has to watch. And you don't know why. You don't know let, what led up to that scene. You don't know. It's like, of course, if you were to read that first of all read that it's not even like they're watching the scene happen read it yeah of course you're gonna be like how in the hell would we ever end up here and i'm pissed because this is my favorite character and blah 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 you know but it's about letting letting the piece of works uh explain itself and talk for itself and you know this is why a lot of the times i will avoid watching trailers for movies because it's like i don't i don't want to wa- one i don't want to watch the movie before i watch the movie right and two i want to make sure that when i go into the movie i don't necessarily have this expectation of how i want it to go because i'm not the one that wrote the movie yeah we don't know what this person is thinking. We don't know kind of where the, this is coming from. Um, but I mean, I just remember watching that scene, my mouth hanging open, thinking they're doing this. This is happening. Um, I think I, I don't remember what I, I don't want to say it was anger or sadness. I think it was just nothing. Mm. I would well, like, not in the sense of like, I didn't feel anything, but like, like a right, numbness. Right, right, right. Yeah yeah just like a oh my god kind of sensation yeah Um, because uh, i think 
outside of what the story is and just in to- in context of what the game is it's like what you said it's like oh they they went there and they this is a story that is not in a way necessarily for the fans this is a story that's for the artistic uh message of what they want to get across and and we're in for a ride because because if you can kill Joel at the beginning of the game what else are you going to do what else are you, you are you allowed to do you've taken what a lot of people consider one of the most sacred parts of this and you're just like no we're not we're going to uh we're going to kill it right now and like, have that be it in the beginning in the beginning in the first hour easily the first yeah and there's the way that happens and the way that's acted as well ashley johnson oh my god oh my god like ashley her... johnson, um troy baker uh i'm escaping the name of um abby Ash... yeah yeah i'm gonna look it up one second yeah but i mean laura bailey laura bailey um absolutely incredible and it, it 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 never reads as dramatic. It never reads as like staged. Mm-hmm. It reads as real. Um, and one of my favorite little details um, of just the acting. Um, it's obviously enhanced by that like ringing sound that you hear, and as Ellie is kind of processing or trying to process, um, is her saying like, "I'll fucking kill you. I'll fuck it." Like, kind of in this like half days like kind of coming in and out of reality uh you know i'll fucking kill you and it just it it goes through so many ranges of emotion of just that one phrase and she just absolutely knocks it out of the park yeah and um I watched an interview with Laura Bailey and she was also talking about that, about doing that scene. And she was like, you know, until, until you go back later on and you're forced to see that scene from Abby's perspective, when you're, when you see the shots that are taken from Ellie's perspective um, and you see kind of the back of Abby uh, standing Mm -hmm. with Joel, she was like, what you're not seeing is me sobbing like uncontrollably crying trying to keep it together because she was like ashley's performance was almost too real i believe that yeah so which is so chilling to think about like having having those three powerhouses amidst everyone else give it their absolute all in one scene we're we're not worthy. I mean, we don't we don't deserve it. No, it's, it's just it's. I think it's just such a perfectly well done scene. I think it's a it's an intense scene. It so captures when you when you look back knowing everything. It is one of those plot points that you just keep coming back to. As I mean, I, you know, I, the more I, you think about it. I think this scene and what it means for, not just what it means for the story, but this scene is a scene in gaming that will be talked about 
for for decades. Yes, I I would put this up there with uh, Bioshock. A man chooses a slave obeys. That reveal. Truly, um, with it, Andrew Ryan. I mean, even while watching it, I kind of felt that I there's so many moments in this game, and and especially specifically that scene where I felt like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching history be made in, in gaming. Like, mm. because this is something that I've not really yet experienced in a game before. And, and I've, and I realized that I've had so many of those moments throughout the entire game. Um, but that in particular felt like, oh, this is, this is a choice that you can tell was made from a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and arguments behind the scene. Yes. And so much love. It's hard to think of a scene like that with the word love, but no, I see it. Of just care. Well, because, because you, like, you know, they've said post game nobody cares about joel or any of the characters more than joel more than troy baker or more than neil Donald or more than ashley johnson and so what i mean by love is like making sure that if we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and it's gonna be right it is not gonna be something that is mold over it is not going to be oh he died and then on to the next thing you know it's it's really making sure that the player themselves get to mourn the loss with the writers with the creators with the actors with everyone else and that's one thing that i was going to get to earlier which was um what hit me and what made me cry and what made me feel the sadness of it was getting to that uh shot of ellie sitting over joel's grave yeah and that then did having it. to and then having to walk through joel's house with your own hands and see that joel has had this whole life for the past four years that he's built up and he has hobbies and interests and a personality that he never got to show. Mm. And it, and it, and it's, it's different because it's a game because in a movie, when you watch that, of course it would be affecting you, but not in the way that you yourself have to push yourself. And I'm, I'm speaking about, you know, many people, but me, me specifically like pushing myself past, crying and feeling so angry and like and truly mourning the loss of this character and then the game saying well you you have to keep going you physically have to or you won't be able to get through this game yeah i mean i think i think that particular section just feels it feels different obviously um and i think you look at the town and you look at that just the environment of it, just a little emptier and just a little bit more dull without Joel there. Um, I think 
you can see all these little character choices that Joel had. Um, I think someone pointed out to me, you can see um, Joel was reading about space. There's a space book on his nightstand. Yeah. Which kind of is a, not foreshadowing, but it's, it's a, it's a reference to later in the game, the, the museum scene. Oh, um, oh, which might be my favorite part of the entire game. And yeah, I mean, I, I have so many different, the minute we, we just, you decided we were doing the last of us. I was just like, aha, there's so much I want to talk about. And so many different scenes I think we can go to and just navel gaze at this. Totally. Forever. Forever, yeah. The, um, the, the space scene for me was, when I say my favorite part, I mean like... Playing that is... Playing that and feeling it and feel the vibration of the controller and feeling like... He, and experiencing that moment with Ellie... Uh, favorite, I don't think is the best word for it. I think special is a really good word for it. Because, yes. Because it's another one of those moments, like I was talking about, where you just won't get this experience if you're if it's not a game. Like, there, there is something that games bring to your experience of a story that, you've, that you can't explain. And, you know, even just in the design of the vibration of the controller and feeling... Um, you know the rocket lift off and then and then feeling it fade away and then and then feeling your the tingle of your hand go numb and go silent as everything else goes silent and you're watching Ellie uh you know using her imagination as she's floating through space um mm. it's it's one of those unexplainable moments that you, that Otherwise, or previously, we would have thought, you know, only movie can only movies can have that sort of magic. But movies yeah. can't rumble your hands in that, <laughs> like you know, right, right. It's a weird phrase, but you know, it's just it's just one of those things where it can't put you there. You can't put you there. And and I think that scene in particular is so incredibly special because. At that at that point in the game, we've been with Ellie for a while, and she's, you know, been through some stuff. Uh, she has been abused and you know shot at and stabbed and her. I think that's after the horse blows up, like all yeah. of this horrendous stuff. And so then you get this little glimmer of childlike wonder. And this kind of this little scene of love between these two characters. And it, to I, me, it was like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be Ellie's dream, whether she realized it at that moment or not, to lift off in a rocket ship with Joel and leave everything else behind? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that it's one of those, it's a scene that, takes the characters out of their circumstance and makes them forget about you know the infected the the dangers they face every single day the 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 world they live in and kind of makes them be human for a little bit it's the it's the same feeling i get with the the giraffe scene in the first one it's just this little moment it's not long 
but it's just a little moment of just like, yeah, the world outside's on fire, but here we're okay. And for those of you who need context, uh, basically there's a flashback scene where um, Ellie or Joel surprises Ellie with a with a trip to the uh, Museum of Science, and inside the Museum of Science, um, there's this little cockpit that you can crawl into. Um, and inside the cockpit, Joel surprises Ellie with a cassette tape uh, for her birthday. And it, the tape is a recording of um, a rocket ship going off into space. Um, and in this scene, you know, she puts her head headset in and she's wearing a helmet that she found outside in the museum. Uh, like a space helmet that you yourself actually get to choose between three of those helmets. Um, and yeah, you see her imagine herself actually lifting off. Um, and I think, I think that scene is what the game itself felt like to me in real life. And I think mm. that's why it hit me so hard because I I recently moved um, from my last place to the first time being on my own in the apartment that I am in now. And that move, literally the day that The Last of Us Part Two came out was the day that I was moving. And I said to myself like, I'm going to wait until I'm totally done with everything else and moving and all of that stress to start The Last of Us 2 in my apartment at night, you know, no responsibilities, nothing left to do, totally moved and just ready to play this game. And it'd be the first thing that I do uh, like totally on my own for the first time in my entire life. Um, and so it's like a direct correlation between you know her just wanting to lift off and her wanting to have that sense of security but also um independentness um and the escapism of the thought of being in space outside of the war on the infected and the wolves and the seraphites um it's just a really beautiful moment to directly mirror what The Last of Us Part Two is to people in the real life, which is escapism and letting themselves escape what right now is one of the craziest times of our entire life. Absolutely. And I think that's such a beautiful connection to it. Um, and what I, another thing I really enjoy about the scene is just the fullness of it. So, yes, I I, I love, you know, all of the the hatosaur jokes because uh, you have a hat and you can put it on the dinosaurs, yeah, and yeah. it's really funny. And Joel kind of rolls his eyes and you know, bees it you know is a dad about it, and Ellie's having a grand old time putting her hat on a dinosaur. Um, and there's a great you know the 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 shuttle scene but then right after that is this reality kind of coming back of going through the next section mm. with 
um, with going through the next section of the, of the museum and this blocked off area where Joel pushes Ellie into the next area and she's oh, I'll unlock the door and then she can't unlock the door. And so he has to come around and meet her on the other side. So she's alone. Yep. Um, and she's walking through and she's seeing these statements written on the wall. Like I tried to save them. These kids ran away. I shot them. Um, they wanted us to kill women and children, that kind of very heavy, horrifying stuff. And after a, a, a boar charging at you jump scare, which got me very, very good, uh, there is the, the symbol of the fireflies on the wall with uh, liars underneath. And that's when Joel comes in and you can kind of see the past start to catch up. Totally. And what, and what Joel thought was done and what was taken care of start to bleed into their new life. Totally. And it just makes Absolutely. a very well-rounded, very complete spectrum of a scene. And also love. the... Uh kind of symbolism of, of Joel being this like light at the end of the tunnel um, mm. for Ellie and, and the game itself going full circle about how yes, Joel is gone through the majority of the game, but he pops up through Ellie's psyche until the very end. And he, he is a driving force even when he's gone for everything that Ellie does and every every hard uh, choice that Ellie makes. Um, and you talked about the boar being in like the museum at the end there. Mm. And a little, little fun fact, um, there was actually, you know the scene at the end where uh, she's in the shed and she sees that um, one of the... Uh, was it was where was it goats? Was it lambs? Where is this? At the very end in the farmhouse, and she's trying to get all of them. Oh, oh yes, I think it's a, I think it's a piglet. Yeah, yeah. She's like yeah, a little baby animal. Yes, there's like a little baby animal. There's one of them that hasn't gone into their like their uh like the pen yet. Their pen yet, yeah. and then she goes over and accidentally hits over a broom, and then it triggers for PTSD. Um, that scene was actually supposed to be her out in the forest, like away from her farmhouse, um, hunting boars. And they had this whole oh. thing where she, she went and was hunting animals. And then through hunting this boar and like hearing the squeals of the boar um, reminded her of like Joel yelling while she's walking through like the, the wolves. Oh jeez! Yeah. yeah. Oh, they were that's... like, they were like that made it to the very end, and then we only scrapped it due to like pacing. But it was that that was supposed to be the scene that like uh, reminds you that Ellie has PTSD from that. And yeah, uh, uh, that wow, did that wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. That's yeah, it is a lot. But um. So 
I hate to cut it short, mm. but we actually way ran over time. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't even gotten to like... And we have only scratched the surface. So um, we will do another episode of this, um, but this will be uh, kind of the... Part one. Part two, part one. <laughs> part two, part, yeah. Um, so before we go, um, I would like to get into recommendals. So whatever mood you're in, whatever situation you have going on, if you just want someone to tell you about some cool stuff to check out, we've got you. It's called recommendals. Basically recommendations that we think will be insightful for your mentality to consume uh, in one way or another. Listeners can write in about what's happening in their life to entermentaltainment at gmail.com. Let us know if you would like to be anonymous or not. And instead of giving advice, we give entertainment media recommendations that would be insightful for you to consume. You can also write in and tell us what you think works or what does not work for the show. Um, we're totally open to suggestions on topics that you would like us to talk about or how we can make the podcast better. And if we can't think of any uh, recommendals, maybe some brief non-professional advice on your situation. Um, so Matt, do you have any recommendals? So yeah, I mean, I personally, for this past week, I've been a little stressed. We've been a little scatterbrained, uh, a little anxious for the majority of the week. Uh, and usually when I... Uh, and like that, I like to kind of put something comfortable on the one time I like to watch something comfortable. Because if you know any of the sort of the content I normally consume, it is not that I like to be jostled and, you know, uh, I like the uncomfortable stuff, really. <laughs> Clearly, as both of us are yeah. like, we love The Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me all of that. Yeah. Of um, that. So the every now and again, when I do like to put on something nice and familiar, uh, for whatever reason, I always fall into cooking YouTube. Oh, nice! I love that. Like, it's it's these channels that are all about cooking with all these very nice people who are have great personality and they're not problematic at all. And it's like this is wonderful. Um, <laughs> Two channels I really, really enjoy are uh, Binging with Babish. Uh, he basically takes food from culture and recreates it or tries to recreate it. Um, he's done like the sweet rolls from Skyrim. He's done uh, like lasagna from The Sopranos. Um, I think he did the Ratatouille from Ratatouille. Um, and he's been doing it for a couple of years. He's, he does a lot of really fun stuff like that. Um, him and uh, Joshua Weissman, who's mostly just like, I'm going to teach how to cook, but I'm going to be an actual living, breathing meme the entire time. Um, and that's kind of my, my, my safe spot that I like to kind of just put on in the background. I love that. I know um, my sisters are also obsessed with like cooking shows and like, you know, come, you know, cooking reality to the television, mm -hmm. stuff like that. I personally have never like dove into it, but I also think YouTube, I could see being a much more accessible and quick way um, to just kind of sit down and watch something that doesn't necessarily take a lot of time nor like mental capacity. Right. And I mean, you could get, depending on which YouTube spirals you fall into, 
because uh, that's the only way I think we consume YouTube is just in spirals. Um, <laughs> so really, uh, but like you can get into it. Like it's either that or I watch like video essays of people like analyzing stuff, but like in a fun way. Hmm. So like I watched a 45 minute video of a woman named Lindsay Ellis going into like the history and what went wrong with the movie Cats. Interesting. And she's like, let's talk about the history of the musical Cats. <laughs> and let's talk about how we got to weird CGI Rebel Wilson taking off her cat skin to reveal another cat skin underneath. Oh my god. In a like dancer one piece. And hey, I'm just going to come out and say it. As as many uh cringy moments as there was in Cats, I enjoyed it. <laughs> and I think that's all that matters. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I, know, I like that's the most hot of hot, like hot boiling hot take. <laughs> but listen, but like, I grew up with the musical. I grew up watching the VHS like every single night with my sisters. And I love the music so much. And I think if for nothing else, watch it for freaking Jennifer Hudson. And I, and I think it's funny that you mentioned it because I think the, the woman reviewing it or talking in, who made this video says like, and then everyone falls silent for jennifer hudson doing memory because even jennifer hudson is that damn good yeah <laughs> like even jennifer hudson like everybody like oh, no, no 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 we need to watch this she, but she's, yeah and i mean it's it, it's just one of those movies i imagine being at like midnight showings until the end of time mm. and god bless it for it <laughs> <laughs> totally totally uh, I, what um, is your recommendal my recommendal is something that I know you uh, will get a kick out of. All right. <laughs> but um, speaking of spirals, I've been going down um, not so much YouTube spiral, except for if it's, you know, Last of Us 2 playthroughs or analysis or interview. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I went down a spiral of music I used to love in high school. Um, oh, wow. Okay. And We're going to get to this. I would say I would say high school slash college for this one. Mm. Um, guess what album that I recently just fell back in love with? Embra. What? <laughs> oh my god! I'm so shook that you guessed that. Yeah. Because we both were obsessed with her. I still am fucking obsessed with that woman. Um, I have never listened to anything she put out past vows, which like oh. I know, fake fan. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not. But, okay, so I recently uh, rediscovered Vows. Um, it's so tight. It's and, so good. Oh, my God. It's so tight is a great word for it. It's so uh, well put together, well thought out, well ordered. Mm -hmm. um, a, a versatile album. Almost none of the songs sound the same. Um and I would say it's a recommendal because something that I really like to do personally, if I'm really going through it, is um, I really like to find albums that I can sing my heart out to. Like, yeah. like by myself, just like really bad, loud singing. And for me, it's really, it's really therapeutic. And 
Yeah. This album, whoa, girl, you find a couple There's... of singles, you belt them out, and you will, I promise you, you will feel better. Settle down, two way street. Settle down, good intent, playing old flame, playing gold ring, playing gold. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> so I, I, I am gonna need to make you listen to her last two records. I know, I, I really uh, should. With uh, the golden hour, which is complete opposite of vows. Interesting. Uh, golden hour is trippy, Salvador Dali, uh, Dada inspired pop music um but still has that same kind of but it's still tight it's not just meandering and weird but it's just like no we're gonna kind of lengthen the formula a little bit um and then i mean primal heart is just a achievement and i'm very angry no one is talking about it or not enough people are talking about it well Um, and i will i will have to um take a gander but that is going to be it for this episode. We have gone so far <laughs> because we're both so passionate about The Last of Us 2. But um, if you would like to support me and my business, this podcast, and anything I do creatively, uh, you can subscribe to my Kana Queen Patreon that will uh, grant you perks, including shout outs on the podcast, dance, tuto- dance tutorial videos, specialized thank yous, uh, and so much more. Um, Matt, would you like to plug anything of yours? Uh, if you listen to the last episode, you know that I have a blog called Something More Out of Life. Um, you can find some writing there. I will be posting some more stuff there more regularly. It's been a while, but uh, we're going to get back into putting out some content. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming back to join me and um buckle up because we still got a lot to talk about (laughs) i'm very excited thank you for having me look forward to it of course uh so make sure you're following us on here on spotify um at consume culture so you never miss an episode um and remember stay geeky stay freaky stay you and remember to please consume kindly 